0: Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 217th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today Kyle? I'm doing great today Cameron how about you? I'm doing fine. Um, Nothing new really to talk about.
1: We did a little vacay last Oh yeah last weekend that's always nice spent a couple of days down in arkansas with the uh, with a big friend group that was fun
0: yeah got to watch the mizzou game together mm-hmm. that's always nice it wasn't
1: always the most it wasn't the most exciting
0: game but it was a win oh, we'll get to that we'll get to that don't get me started just yet okay okay oh yeah that was that was something um yeah beautiful time of year to go down to arkansas for a few days um hope that's not too blasphemous. Hopefully that's not offensive. We were just barely across the border. Yeah. So yeah. We, we came home in a hurry. Yeah, don't no worry. hard
1: feelings about that.
0: <laughs> um, what do we have on the docket this week? We are going to obviously talk about the Vanderbilt game. We're going to preview South Carolina. We are going to do our basketball three-on-three draft. But before we do any of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review if you could. We appreciate that. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash missourisportspod. And we do have a few news items um, on the football side. We've got a couple things. Um, Wentzville, Missouri graduate Arlen Harris Jr., previously of Stanford, is transferring. A running back from Wentzville went to Stanford. Uh was a uh, notice, noticeable miss for Mizzou football recruiting, um, but he's transferring after only seeing, I think, two snaps in one game this year, and uh, so he'll have four years of eligibility. I, I imagine the Mizzou coaching staff will reach out and seems like running back. I mean, obviously, we've got Tavoris Jones, who's a young guy that we would all like to see take over that job for the for the foreseeable future, but... It wouldn't hurt to have another uh, another guy available like that.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what the what the interest level would be um, if between Harris and, and Mizzou, but I think he's a true freshman and got into at least one game this year. So um, you know that's tough to do at the Power Five level, really anywhere. So he could maybe pull an eight peat and uh, kind of ironic actually, just to come back to Mizzou potentially from from Stanford. But uh, yeah, I mean Mizzou is kind of set up in the running back room maybe in the future but uh, you know it's that it's a kind of position that you really need a lot of bodies and there's a lot of injuries and um, that kind of stuff so it certainly doesn't hope to it doesn't uh doesn't hurt to add to that room a little bit if they if they can do that
0: he was a four-star player out of high school kind of low four-star 337th nationally mm-hmm.
1: that i mean that's the interesting thing about modern day college football though is if you miss on a uh, in-state guy I mean legitimately there's a decent chance that that player could come back around in a year or two or whatever it is so yeah we've seen that happen a lot in in football and we've seen it happen in basketball too
0: um we'll talk more later about Coach Quit's recent press conferences but that was something he mentioned about giving up quarterback coaching duties was just how involved he has to be in recruiting and he specifically mentioned the transfer portal being something that you kind of have to always be paying attention to And it is very fascinating. I kind of love hearing coaches talk about how they split up their time between on the field X's and O's coaching and recruiting and we never really hear much of that. So anytime you get a little bit of that behind the scenes, it is interesting.
1: Yeah, it is kind of weird almost like seeing the coach out on the football field for because for the last, you know, eight to nine months of your life, it's just you just thought of them as the head recruiter Mm -hmm. almost you know it's like oh yeah this guy has to coach the x's and o's too (laughs) like he actually has to coach the football team yeah Um, i mean it's just two totally completely opposite duties that he has to cover both of and do both well
0: it feels like with basketball it actually like we can look at the basketball team this year and be like okay coach gates good recruiter but obviously coach young is the guy for recruiting like they're going to work together on a lot of that. They've got a nice staff that's all good at recruiting, but it's so obvious that he's here to get guys mm-hmm. in the program, and that's that's Coach Drink for the football team. Yeah, and he's also the head coach, and he's also the offensive coordinator, right? And last year he was the quarterbacks coach too.
1: What are you hinting at?
0: We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, Mizzou football got a commitment for the class of 2023, and who was that?
1: Oh, really? You're going to make me do this, huh?
0: You had a pretty good attempt right before
1: we started I'll, recording.
0: I'll give it a try. Okay. I believe this gentleman's name is uh, Serigne <laughs> Tunkara.
1: Okay, that was really good, actually. We Let's it.
0: hear you do it. Serigne Tunkara. That's exactly what I said. I, I just okay, we, I we just, have to have gotten it right, though. Well,
1: I just recorded, basically, your voice in my head and just kind of imitated it. So I don't know if I would have been able to come up with that otherwise. But, yes, um, he's a defensive end from Texas. Um, came for a visit pretty recently, maybe as recent as even this past weekend. Um, wasn't a guy I was super familiar with um, really until the past couple weeks. Um, and there's not a ton of film on him that I found, but certainly a clearly a, a very explosive athlete. I mean, you, a lot of times in those highlight films, like they kind of point out, who the player is before the play starts, but you can tell you can you can just look at the players and you already know who it's going to be because he's so much bigger than everybody else, bigger frame and all that. So, uh, but clearly, uh, like I said, explosive athlete, long arms, big frame, um, was getting to the quarterback quickly and had some powerful moves and stuff. So, all the stuff you like to see from uh, you know a dominant defensive end in high school. So, uh, welcome to the fold.
0: Um, yeah, love to see an athletic uh, defensive end. Um, Under recruited, I don't think he was actually ranked on any of the major services. We'll see if that changes. Yeah, he
1: might have been a three star on Rivals, I
0: think. Um, Potentially. So, yeah, uh, welcome aboard. Now, before we recap and preview the football games this week, l- we're going to do a little bit of basketball content. We're going to draft our three on three teams we do this every year in football we do seven on seven basketball we're going to do three on three uh i'm kind of i'm interested to see uh this is a little sneak peek of who we basically think are the going to be the top six contributors but we also have to balance our little squads to some extent Mm -hmm. and we will let the listeners and viewers decide which team is better I'm gonna pull up a heads or tails. It's kind of a, a snake draft scenario,
1: so whoever It'll be gets, over really quick whoever yeah whoever gets the first pick will pick one player, but
0: then the next person will pick two in a row. So okay, I'm flipping a digital coin on my computer. Kyle, go ahead and call it. I'll say heads. It is heads. You get to take the first pick if you want it, or you can defer and take. In previous
1: years, especially like in football, I feel like I've deferred. But I think this year, pretty top-heavy. I think i got to go Isaiah Mosley.
0: Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> that Clearly the number one pick there. Um, I am – so I get to pick twice in a row here. I'm going to take Kobe Brown. And then I'm going to follow that up with – demoy
1: hodge that's who i was gonna pick
0: i think i like my defense and scoring from both of those guys i'm hodge is gonna guard mosley and i like my chances there obviously mosley can score on anybody but Mm -hmm. i that's the best option to slow him down at least
1: yeah considering like the the bigs are so limited i feel like obviously kobe brown was a no-brainer um Demoye Hodge, one of the better guards that are left that can also maybe go inside a little bit. Um, And because of that very thing, i got to go with Noah Carter because he's probably uh, the next usable big, if you even want to call him that. Um, So that means I've kind of got like a scoring guard and kind of a versatile big that can step out potentially. But I'm going to finish up with Sean East has kind of a scoring point point guard.
0: A lot of offense from your team. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of scoring threats. Um, I was saving point guard for last. You could have run the offense through Mosley. That's true. And gone with, like, another wing player. But Mm -hmm. I like what you've got going there. And I'm going to take Nick Honor to run point. And provide good defense on east and man this would actually be an incredible three-on-three game this to watch a good game i think i don't know if we've had such a perfectly balanced matchup uh in previous years so i will say yeah.
1: on nick honor uh john rothstein on twitter he works for cbs he's kind of a uh, college basketball junkie he's uh
0: very well connected.
1: Very well connected. Tweeting about college basketball year round. He specifically tweeted this week that Nick Honor is—he's heard he looks really good in practice and he's kind of making a name for himself. Um, so you know, I have no idea how he has that information when no one else does, but I'll take it. I think it's a pretty um, verifiable source. So yeah, Nick Honor is gonna—he's gonna be playing a, a lot this year.
0: I'm looking forward to it. So. Here's our three-on-three squads, and you'll get to vote on Twitter uh, which squad you think is best, and uh, leave us a comment on YouTube uh, if you think we picked wrong. (laughs) I went with – Kyle had the first pick. He went with Isaiah Mosley, and then he followed that up with Noah Carter and Sean East. I went with Kobe Brown, Des Moines Hodge, and Nick Honor. uh, That's a toss-up, honestly. Evenly matched. Yes. I, I think we did a good job there all right so that'll be it for basketball this week we have an exhibition game i think on the third maybe sounds right middle of next week so that'll be fun yeah i'm excited to watch some basketball and then we'll next week we'll actually be previewing uh the first game of the regular season it's that time Now we're going to move on to the Vanderbilt game. And man, this looked like it was going to be so fun. It was fun. First half was great. Yeah. And then just nothing happened in the second half.
1: I feel like Mizzou's played a few games like that this year where it's like there's a ton of action in one or two quarters and then just absolutely nothing happens for 50% of the game. Just punts from both teams just neither team scoring neither team's like attempting to take over the game it's just like my emotions are a roller coaster like all right we forced a punt let's do something oh we got a punt uh here comes the defense it's just I mean that over and over and over and once again that happened in the second half of this game
0: yeah I just at least we didn't have the first quarter hole to dig ourselves out of this I guess game, but yeah. yeah what's worse like Spot like uh, spotting
1: the other team like ten points and like making a valiant comeback and getting back in it or like getting up early and like losing
0: Almost, the lead. Yeah. Uh. Well, <laughs> at least this way they won the game. I suppose that's uh, all that matters. When, kind when of. When they've been in a hole early, they have. Made a good comeback effort, but fallen short.
1: Yeah, it honestly does feel like this was one of the only games that we've gotten out early in really taking control of the game from the get-go.
0: It was 17-0 at halftime, and then the game ended
1: 17-14. Yeah.
0: Brutal second half. It was brutal. Defense did everything they could, though. I mean, they did everything they needed to do. I keep yeah. viewing this game in my mind as a loss. Like That's how, that's how it feels. Yeah, yeah. Watching the highlights afterwards, yeah. it felt like I was watching loss
1: highlights yeah we were uh i mentioned we were on vacation or whatever earlier this uh last weekend and so you and i were watching the game together obviously but there were other people in the room that don't really watch mizzou football you know as often or really at all and so it was kind of just like they were looking at us, like you guys watch you you watch this stuff (laughs) like you you like these guys you root for this team and it was like like, (laughs) yeah like i mean that's how i feel with my wife too she'll walk through the room and i'm you know, get, I'm fuming about something and do like, Why do you do this to yourself? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I actually don't know.
0: That's relatable. Yeah, I've been in uh, family get-together settings where we where I have made sure that I can, you know, get the Mizzou game on the TV. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, this is you this, really wanted to make team? sure you could see this. Like, you <laughs> <laughs> couldn't miss this you, game. Yeah,
1: appointment television. Yeah, really, Cam. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, that that is how it felt a little bit, but at least they got the win. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm being the ungrateful fan who the team got a win and I'm just like wanting more. But I blame Vegas because they put us as a 14 point favorite. I knew, I knew that was a mistake, really. Um, we both picked Vanderbilt to cover, yeah, but we thought that Mizzou would be scoring in the 30s. Yeah, we thought. Double. I mean, what they did in the first half, we expected that to carry on through the second half.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just we shouldn't even be surprised at this point by anything that happened in that game, really. I was surprised, actually, that they came out firing. Yeah. But we shouldn't be surprised by that second half like flame out because it's consistent with almost everything that's happened all season. But you just would really, really hope that they'd be able to put it together for an, uh, an entire game against a, a defense that's literally awful. Yeah. But...
0: Yeah, Missouri in the first half, the first drive of the game, 75-yard touchdown drive. Mm -hmm. Later in the first half, an 89-yard touchdown drive. And then they also had a 59-yard field goal drive. Yeah. The second half, Missouri offense, 81 yards of offense and two turnovers.
1: I don't even know how that's possible. They they had two
0: drives in the first half that were about equal to the average the same as the entire second half
1: and this is truly like ungrateful fan behavior but like even Luther Burden's touchdown was just one of those little sideways passes that he just broke because yeah, I literally he, said to you he's great
0: oh this is gonna happen against better teams yeah sarcastically
1: yeah and his end around too he should have yeah. been tackled in the backfield yeah but just outran a guy and because he took a terrible angle like these even the scoring plays were like I don't think that happens against anyone else Ugh. yeah
0: that's not a great feeling that's not probably a great mindset um brady cook 17 of 25 passing 211 yards one touchdown one interception and a uh (laughs) (laughs) lost fumble where man i wasn't sure if he was gonna get up from it
1: do you even do you remember the uh oh man he got shellacked on that play uh we didn't uh orgy yeah he jumped right over yeah uh
0: Schrader probably. Yeah, he
1: jumped right over Schrader. He was like. Orgy was everywhere, making plays bro. all over the field. Yeah, he was amazing. Uh, well, he had the interception too, which yeah. was a horrible pass yeah. by Brady Cook. Yeah. I don't even remember when that was. It was that first half. Yeah. Horrible pass.
0: Somehow the defense held up. Yeah. The defense has been awesome. They're amazing. And like Vanderbilt coming back in the second half and fourth and one. Yeah, that felt like
1: one of those games we always lose. Oh, like they were driving. Gosh. They had momentum in the in you know late in the game only a one score game i was like this is a game we probably lose most of the time but it, because it's vanderbilt and they're completely inept we were able to survive
0: yeah vanderbilt even got tricky and brought out a second quarterback oh
1: yeah he it, destroyed us last year too <laughs> yeah. or whenever that was They're like
0: okay i know you can do this <laughs> um yeah mike wright actually played decently for ha- not having started recently and uh, i don't know that's
1: i think you mentioned to me a couple times
0: just like this is
1: just bad two bad teams playing each other you said that a couple times just like and it's true
0: it's like neither team is doing anything good yeah the the only good things that are happening are a result of a team's failure mistakes yes it's not oh these are two good even average teams and one of them is making a great play Mm -hmm. i mean even like the strip sack that's just a complete breakdown in pass protection like a great play by the defender there, it was. but Brady Cook should be able to drop back and get the ball out.
1: Yeah, he it seems like he really struggles to pick up uh, the rusher sometimes. Like, just is a little slow in reacting, or um, I don't know if it's just literally doesn't feel the pressure, or even when it's like surrounding him, it feels like he just holds on to the ball too long and gets sacked or gets hit, makes a bad throw. That's
0: tough though, and like in that play in particular. And I feel like there's a handful every game where he shouldn't really be needing to feel hurried. Yeah. Like he should be able to take a three-step drop and get it out. Yeah. That's like and the a, offensive line just isn't. The
1: offensive line is terrible. Um, they're, they're not playing well. And especially in this game, they did not play well. But, yeah, that is kind of an outlier situation with, like, the play that you made for sure. Yeah. But
0: and we've had uh, listeners point out in the past that – it seems like we don't have a dump off to the running back yep. as part of the plan. I 100% agree and was just
1: actually about to say that like there needs to be some safety valve plays and it doesn't seem like there is where it's like, okay, the pocket's collapsing. I, I, I need to have somebody I can just quickly dump it off to for five yards or whatever it is. And it doesn't really seem like that happens very often. And for considering how bad the offensive line has been it seems like confusing.
0: Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of NFL teams that have the, the dump off to the running back mm-hmm. is like the second read. Yeah. Like you have your primary wide receiver target. If that's not there and if you're getting hurried, yeah. Find the running back as quick as you can.
1: Or just a tight end that goes and just yeah. sits down at the front of the first down line or right. something. Well, we yeah. know we don't have that. We definitely don't.
0: That, so like, that's like Barrett Bannister or somebody that's doing that some of the time and that's successful. I don't know. It's very frustrating. Um, I, I want to mention something that coach Drinkwood said about that strip sack touchdown play in the postgame press conference. He said that he, he put that on himself. Basically he didn't like his play call there to the extent that he said he thought he should have run the ball there and punted and put the defense back out there. I don't know if I love that mindset. Like I feel like I'm being a little bit nitpicky, but you should be able to play to go get a first down. Sounds like bunker uh, mentality. Exactly. So, yes, that would have been a better outcome than a strip sack touchdown by the defense. But of course. But it seems like there's something in between giving up on the drive yeah. and just utter disaster of a yeah, play. It's just
1: like wait for the wide receivers to run 50 yards down the field. Yeah, there's got to be something in between those two.
0: And probably probably there's something there. Like if cook has enough time to get the ball out, there's decent chance. That's a successful play. Mm -hmm. But I, if I don't know, I, I, everybody's being very critical of everything coach Drinkwitz says right now, me included, but there's just certain things where I'm like, I don't know about that. uh, Thought process there. Yeah. I don't either. Um, (laughs) might as well talk about the other one, uh, which is Sam horn. Um, It came out on the broadcast. I I didn't see any tweets about this pregame, but the broadcast was saying that they were told by Coach Drinkwitz that the plan was to get Sam Horn some snaps, and that didn't happen. And Coach Drink said in the post game that that was the plan at halftime, up 17-0, and then when nothing went right, he just had to stick with Brady Cook. So Brady Cook.
1: I really just said that Brady Cook sabotaged the offense to stay out there yeah <laughs> i think we just, just we just cracked the code there
0: um i don't want to think about that being the reality uh i'm totally joking i know for anyone
1: out there that's like thinking i'm really doing a conspiracy theory but it's a pretty good one yeah i mean it's just oh uh, man it's frustrating and i guess i don't i mean i don't know we've analyzed coach trinkwitz and his like public relations so much like this off season and this season
0: that's where you love to be
1: yeah just like nitpicking hit like yeah. we're talking more about what he says outside of the game than yeah. the actual game yeah, yeah. But, that's when you know you got a good team yeah absolutely but i don't know why you say anything really if you know there's a chance that you might not do it
0: yeah i mean if anything like <laughs> put him out there the first drive first drive of the second half yeah. If like that's when you felt like you were headed towards that outcome, do it then don't wait around until I, I don't know, just like that. Honestly, all of that talk feels like an acknowledgement that perhaps a better quarterback is on the roster and maybe we'll get to that point someday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think Sam Horan is going to come in and change the season or anything like that, but I think fans just want to, see something different a change of scenery maybe a little bit of a glimpse of hope for the future and
0: i'm just glad that uh brady cook was able to go back out there after that big hit because you know who was gearing up ready to go out there and lead the offense was jack abraham yeah not sam horn yeah that
1: was another thing like what like what why yeah yeah so it's like Drinkwitz doesn't think sam horn's the second best quarterback right now in this moment like if he had to play right now but he was going to play in this game.
0: And he said in the press conference that Sam Horn has earned some game time based on how he's been practicing. Apparently not enough to have the backup job, though. Mm-hmm.
1: I will also point out, like, uh, in the pregame warmups and stuff, like Tyler Macon is not even participating really in drills or any or like pregame up type stuff. So it kind of seems like Tyler clearly is out of the equation completely, which kind of makes me sad, but I I understand not everyone can play.
0: Yeah. Okay. I don't know what else there is on that with the quarterback situation. I I mean, is there any other opportunity the rest of the
1: season for them? New Mexico state. That's
0: true. That's,
1: that's probably the only game that realistically we could expect him to play. We have to see him now. If it's just like, we have to be blowing somebody out for him to get in there. It's probably, it's not going to happen.
0: It's sure, Ex, surely it'll happen against in that one. New
1: Mexico State. That's it.
0: That's it, but ugh. better than nothing. We'll see how we'll see. things go before that point. But. I mean,
1: va- literally Vanderbilt's defense might be on par with New Mexico State. <laughs> yeah. Honest, so it's not point. even a shoe in that we could blow them out.
0: Yeah, they're bad though. We will. They're bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll get f- to that. Be fine. We'll get to that. Um, okay. Anything else? The Vanderbilt game. Luther Burton, he's really good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But again, I don't know that he makes those plays against better athletes on defense. Probably not,
1: but I'm glad to see that he's mostly healthy. And I mean, we kind of talked about maybe a little breakout game. I would say this is by far his best game he's had. Mm -hmm. Scored two touchdowns. Nothing
0: in the second half, though, but that's the entire offense. Yeah. Harrison Meavis missed a field goal that would have made things a little comfier down the stretch, but Mm
1: -hmm. that's one of those games like next year when we're thinking about okay what happened last year against Vanderbilt I'll be like I have no clue <laughs> I will not remember this game nothing at good. all
0: nothing good a <laughs> win that's all yep um, okay kind of transitioning into the South Carolina game this week um, previewing that uh, coach Drinkwitz said that Cody Schrader will take over the lion's share of snaps at running back um, he did have a good game he had 14 carries for 84 yards but more so than that, I think what is making this decision is Pete 11 carries for 8 yards and a lost fumble.
1: Yeah, he did that, not look good at all. Yeah. And, you know, I think some people have talked about whether, you know, the fumble against Auburn is still kind of haunting him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's possible. But I feel like he's looked good since then, like yeah. in other games between um, the Vanderbilt game and the Auburn game. But in this game specifically, he looked really really not explosive at all was not hitting the holes and, and and fumbled and and Schrader you know he's he's extremely limited we know that um he's you know he is what he is he's but, performed better but this year than I expected me too by by a very large margin and he's pretty shifty especially if he gets out you know into the second level a little bit he can he can maneuver around pretty well out there so um and he I don't think he's fumbled or anything this year so he's, he's pretty reliable
0: yeah, and I'll admit, like, I feel like you and I both were not riding the Crody, Crody Shader train. <laughs> <laughs> Crody. Crody Shader. In the preseason, we kind of thought that that would not we be. We thought it'd
1: be like that Silver Dollar City train a little oh bit. Oh, my goodness. But, oh. yeah, he's a little. Thoughts
0: and bit. prayers to anybody that was riding the Silver Dollar City train <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Tipped yeah. over.
1: Did a t- little tip.
0: Um, What are we talking about? Uh, crody Yes, uh, Coach Drinkwitz specifically mentioned his consistency, and that I think is, speaks more to Pete's inconsistency more than anything, because that is he, as good as he's looked. I mean, a game like this against Vanderbilt, eleven carries for eight yards—that's kind of a wild swing of outcomes there.
1: We want Devorse Jones.
0: Yeah, be be patient. We want him. We uh, let's. <laughs> Don't burn that shirt though. He's been playing a little bit on special teams. Oh, am I, am maybe I wrong? He's, maybe he's already burned. We might it have true. to look into that. Okay. Um, if not, though, then that's yeah, true. He
1: did like return a kickoff yeah. a couple games ago. Yeah, or something.
0: So, as far as I know, that if that was just that one game, then that's only two games, and yeah. he can play the whole second half against New Mexico State and Arkansas
1: and another game of, of your choosing. Yeah.
0: Um what else here uh defensive tackle josh landry is out for the south carolina game um seems like we'll probably see uh marquise graciel uh for the first time this year mm-hmm. so that's exciting i'd be fine with that um the coaching staff uh, i think bake coach baker specifically said graciel is a guy that he thinks can contribute to this team this year before it was announced that landry was going to be out for this game yeah i mean
1: Yeah, he came in like over 300 pounds, like in a good way, like not like he's good weight for the most part. Uh, Maybe had a little refinement to do um, in the the weight room and everything. But it sounds like he's made even quite a bit of progress on top of what he was when he came in. So uh, he should be ready to go uh, physically.
0: Uh, The last thing I want to mention before we dig into South Carolina is uh, Coach Drinkwitz really talked about the need for improved offensive line play. And he specifically said, and I don't know what else you're going to say, but he said that that is something that is correctable this year and he expects them to look better moving forward. I don't know how you make that happen. Good luck. But.
1: Well, I mean, they've played better at times and I don't know if it's just getting the right guys in the right positions because it seems like guys are kind of moving around a little bit. Some guys are. I don't know. I have. I have. I don't know anything about offensive line, to be completely honest. I, I just don't know. hope that
0: this is the low point is still getting a win against Vanderbilt, but they were getting pushed around. They were. against a not very good Vanderbilt. And
1: in other games, they've dominated the point of attack. I have no idea what. How do what you deal look is. better
0: against Georgia's defensive line than Vanderbilt?
1: I don't know. Uh, were you going to mention the question that was asked about uh, offensive play calling?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Drinkwitz was asked about an offensive coordinator or, like, how he – I can't remember the exact question.
1: Yeah, just, like, would you consider giving up play calling?
0: I loved his answer, honestly. He was basically like, yeah, of course. Like, I, anything's on the table to help the team win. But he said that he would not do that this year because that's not – and I understand that. That's not necessarily the kind of change you can make in the middle of a season. Yeah. Um, he, he did
1: say something kind of interesting. Like he caused this, so he has to fix it.
0: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what I think about that. Yeah, I think what he's trying to say is this is how the roles are right now. Sure, we're gonna continue that for this season, and we will. He did say that that's something he would look at in the off season.
1: Yeah, it, I was I was pleasantly surprised with like how not like defensive he was about it like he was very open and seemingly honest i'm a little bit afraid that he has like some fake like openness yeah with like the line that he said about like he's got to fix it like i don't know that that's true that you need to fix it
0: he did also say that it's not an ego problem for him he would be fine with yeah giving that up i think he
1: even said something like i've always dreamt of being a coach and not having to call plays like mm-hmm. okay well you could have very easily yeah
0: avoided that whenever you were hired but and that's kind of when he started talking about the responsibilities of recruiting and yes all you know
1: but at this point like i think most people understand like recruiting is what he's excelled at maybe just keep focusing on that like josh heupel great offensive coordinator in a lot of the stops he had he's the head coach at tennessee Tennessee, if you didn't know, is like a top five team in the country. He does not call plays. Like someone else handles that. He kind of plays the CEO role, whatever he needs to do. I just, at this point, I think I'd like to see that happen in
0: Missouri next season. I do too, but I do think that that is a tricky spot for a head coach. You have, he's going to have to find somebody that he really trusts and that they really see eye to eye philosophically. In year four. Right. And he obviously, I don't know. I think if he kind of had that guy that's been on his staffs, you know, for many years, we might have already seen that more. Maybe. Um. So I don't know how easy it'll be just to like, Oh, you know, just go pick somebody up unless yeah. it's like, this is now your offense and I'm going to take a step back.
1: Yeah. And it's not like a foregone conclusion that the play calling is the reason why the offense is struggling either. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's part of it, but there are other obviously other struggles that are happening.
0: Okay. If you got three things, offensive line play, quarterback play, play calling is that I think that's the order I would put them in as far as what the problem is right now.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think offensive line is the biggest issue. I also think about Brady Cook's pretty close yeah. up there, but yeah. And
0: those could all help each other too. Those are all those yeah. all impact they're, each other. They're connected. So, you know, get one of those things better, the others will follow to some extent.
1: Yeah, I definitely think offensive line though. If that was to just be really good individually, I think yeah. that would be the the most impactful change probably if it was like significantly better.
0: Okay, what do we know about South Carolina? South Carolina is having homecoming this weekend and it's the 4th mizzou homecoming game i i was
1: including missouri's homecoming yeah
0: home against vanderbilt and then
1: florida I, auburn south and now carolina. south carolina
0: that's funny you don't necessarily want to be scheduled as a team's no. homecoming game
1: kind of like vanderbilt i feel like they're a yes. homecoming game like exactly most years that they play in columbia
0: yeah so south carolina is five and two uh they lost to arkansas early in the season and georgia they are ranked 25th, which we actually talked about last week. If they beat A&M, would they be ranked? They're ranked 25th. And their wins are not that impressive. Five wins, but they are Georgia State, Charlotte, South Carolina State, Kentucky without Will Levis a couple weeks ago, and a completely fraudulent Texas a team.
1: Yeah, there's nothing impressive there at all. No. Honestly, Kentucky looked terrible without Levis. Like, they were lost. Yeah. And a and it's just not a great win right now. Yeah. Their season is kind of falling apart.
0: Yeah. I wish we had AM on the schedule just as not necessi- not like, oh, they're bad. I think we it's a guaranteed win. But just sort of that barometer of like, what really is the pecking order in the SEC? Mm. Uh, it's interesting that Texas A&M is like a team that I think Missouri could complete, compete with this year. They've mm-hmm. competed with everybody, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think South Carolina is actually maybe about one of the best examples of that, too. It's just like, this is a team that we should be competitive with or beating most years, and we have. Drinkwitz is 3-0 against South Carolina.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is a pretty good barometer game. So, South Carolina doesn't blow me away. I mean, we talked about their wins. Uh, they're 10th in the SEC in points per game allowed, 10th in the SEC in offensive points per game. Um. They do have Spencer Rattler, who is very talented, but they've kind of, they've figured out something in the last few games to kind of rein him in a little bit. He started off the season pretty terribly. Uh, he still has 1400 yards, uh, only five touchdowns to eight interceptions, but in more recent games, they've kind of gotten him to play a little bit more in control and a little bit more of a game manager because they do have an excellent running back in Marshawn Lloyd. He's averaging almost six yards per carry and has nine touchdowns on the season. And they've got good uh, weapons on the outside. Um, Antoine Wells, they call him Juice. He is a very good wide receiver. Um, he can make guys miss in open space. And
1: it seems like South Carolina has had a pretty nice like lineage of like good wide receivers um, in the last few years.
0: He's not getting a ton of uh, NFL buzz right now, but I could see him... I mean, last year as a sophomore, I think he had like 1,200 yards and mm. double-digit double touchdowns. So I don't know necessarily if he's NFL caliber, but he's a very good wide receiver in the SEC. And he does it against pretty good competition. Um, I remember
1: there was one, like, I mean, they had like Debo Samuel, Pharaoh yeah. Cooper, and then I remember there was one year in particular, like Shy Smith was just like destroying us, yeah. and then he got hurt. Um, in the middle of the game and we kind of like surpassed them like we were able to slow them down on offense after he left the game but they seem to always have a couple of dominant offensive pieces for sure and like South Carolina was very much like the sexy pick this offseason to like to be much improved I mean they're the coach kind of has has that swagger a little bit. Um, and, yeah, the the double Oklahoma transfer with, obviously, Spencer Rattler, like you mentioned, and Austin Stogner, who was, like, a pretty productive tight end, um, So, which he hasn't done a whole lot, but more so than any Missouri tight end has done, but that's not
0: saying a whole lot. So, Yeah, I mean, South Carolina. They've got pieces. As much as we can talk about how they haven't really done a whole lot to this point, they've only beat the teams they were supposed to beat. They were still like a dark horse to finish second in the East. Yeah, and that could start this game against Missouri.
1: Yeah, they're five and two. I mean, that's a pretty good record for this juncture. Um, but I don't know. It's kind. Of, I I don't know if I would say they're fraudulent, but I don't think they're really that, really that impressive either. And this is a game Missouri can win. I don't think. I don't know that they will necessarily, but um, certainly a team that they should be competitive with and i kind of wish it was at home because i think that could make for an even more competitive game
0: yeah it looks like uh south carolina is favored by three and a half yeah. only yeah
1: yeah it's gonna be interesting uh, missouri's defense is gonna keep them in basically any game they play for the most part unless it's kansas state in a downpour and it's so a rattler man he just he has that like I might completely blow up in this game like well I guess in good or bad way really (laughs) he can totally unravel or he can he can go off he just is that kind of a volatile player Um, I mean last season like coming into last season's uh, year we I mean he was supposed to be the best quarterback in the country at at Oklahoma
0: he was like a, a Heisman favorite
1: yes and the number one draft pick kind of player so he has that, that in his realm of outcomes for sure. He's, he's capable of, of putting up crazy numbers and hasn't really yet, but could do it. Yeah, I'm
0: worried that Missouri's offense won't be able to get the running game going. And I think it's going to be another ugly game. I think South Carolina is going to try to control the ball and pound it on the ground and they've definitely got the offensive line and the running back to get that done. So as weird as it sounds for how you know talented really Spencer Rattler is, I think you're going to have to make him beat you if you're Missouri and keep the ball in his hands and if he goes out and is incredible and beats you, so what? And you got to I think that's the only chance Missouri has. Make him throw the ball around try to get him into a spot where he makes a mistake and then capitalize. Mm -hmm. And I think South Carolina is going to look at it the same way. And it's even better for them because they're not looking at a super scary threat in Brady cook.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think they got to focus on the run and uh, just let those cornerbacks do what they do. even if you're putting them on an Island a little bit, Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's your best chance at slowing down South Carolina just enough and I think they will slow them down it's just a matter of uh can they hold them under like 21 points because if they can't then it's not gonna matter oh man because Missouri I, I don't think they can score like 21 points on on any power five team right now
0: Arkansas this was just week two Arkansas scored 44 against South Carolina Georgia scored 48 am scored 24 in a loss. Actually, I'm looking at this A&M score, 30 to 24, South Carolina. I'm feeling like that is going to be pretty similar to Missouri's, to yeah. this game with Missouri.
1: I feel like there were a few scores, like, really late in that game.
0: Mm, I'm feeling like it's prediction time. Oh, man. I think it's going to be really close. This is, this is one of Missouri's last chances to get yeah. to 6 and 6.
1: Yeah they have to win this if they want to be bowl eligible. I mean, they don't mathematically have to, but they pretty much do. I think I'm going to go with 27 to 20 South Carolina. Is that generous saying Missouri is going to score 20
0: points? Hmm, <laughs> maybe. Um yeah, Kentucky, Tennessee, New Mexico State, Arkansas. Got to win either here at South Carolina. Or against Arkansas at the end to get bowl eligible.
1: Oh, man. Just have to win one of those, though.
0: Plus New Mexico State. Of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, it's doable.
0: No, that would, I'm wrong. That would only get us to five wins. Okay. Never mind. That's probably not doable. Oh, man. That sucks.
1: We're only at three wins right now. We're three and four. Yeah. Yeah. You got to win this game.
0: All right. They're going to do it. Oh. Uh,. I feel like I'm just going with my heart here, but sometimes it feels good. Hey, This is going to be edge of your seat, kind of a crappy game, but it's going to come down to it. And Missouri's going to win a weird game, 21 to 19.
1: Wow. I don't
0: know how South Carolina ends up with 19 points exactly, but that's... It could happen. It's not
1: not impossible. Well, I... I'll be rooting for your outcome to happen. Would feel great to beat South Carolina, honestly. Uh, you know, if you want to play the narrative game, you know, this is kind of like a, I don't know if I'd say a trap game necessarily for South Carolina, but they're kind of just mosey on down. Like, they're 5-2. and two. They just got a nice win against A&M. They're, they snuck into the top 25. Like, I think they're feeling kind of good right now. I think they're feeling a little... Um, you know they're living up to the hype a little bit. At least I think that's how they feel. Uh, I think it's possible they could overlook Missouri a little bit in this game.
0: And they're penciling in this as a win, and then they've got Vanderbilt, which they're penciling in as a win. Yeah, like so we, they
1: only put 17 points up on on Vanderbilt. Like, oh, we got this. Yeah, like we'll be fine.
0: They're looking ahead. Who they play to, next week? They play Vanderbilt, so they're looking past that to Florida. <laughs> at this point. Oh yeah. We can hope anyway. Yeah. Oh man, they're
1: gonna sleep sleepwalk through the preparation.
0: Yeah, it's a three o'clock
1: game. Three o'clock game. It's kind of it's weird. A
0: yeah, they're gonna they're gonna like yeah, they're at home. The players are gonna take a nap at like eleven a.m. They're gonna be playing Call of Duty be, this weekend. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna be up late pulling a Kyler Murray. What else? What else can we? What else? Put on them. <laughs> Maybe the crowd won't show up or something. Yeah, probably not.
1: All the crowds gonna be playing Call of Duty. <laughs>
0: What are you going to be doing this weekend? Probably playing Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's there's a chance. It's it's possible. This
1: is uh, this is Drinkwitz. Like, I mean, this is a Super Bowl man. He's got to go four zero against South Carolina. He's he's got like some kind of inside knowledge. He's got
0: the scoop. He's got the recipe. Yeah, yeah. Kryptonite. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to SEC Pick'em Plus, Nebraska. No producer Cameron this week, so let's see what we're doing here. I gotta try to figure out what to do. Um, Last week, I only scored one point. Kyle (laughs) scored two, producer Cameron scored three, Ben, our guest picker, scored three. So the totals now are me at the bottom with 41 points, uh, Patreon guest pickers with 49, Kyle with 52. Producer Cameron with 55. So, top three, still in it, I would say. you have anything you
1: want to let us know about? Like, you just have a, like, difficult time outside of the podcast that's really affecting your performance or, like, anything going on in the locker room? Or,
0: um, I was trying to... I was thinking, like, maybe I would just tank and try to get the number one draft pick, but that doesn't actually make any sense. So... <laughs>
1: I think it's one of those years, man. Too
0: early, I started going for broke and like picking going risky yeah and it just backfired
1: yeah hey, you live and you learn
0: but i might have to just keep at it if i'm gonna get back in yeah, you have to now pretty much so start picking nebraska every week i mean <laughs> let's see what happens here uh first game is arkansas at auburn arkansas three and a half point favorite on the road two teams that are sh- are struggling a little bit yeah is arkansas good nobody knows
1: yeah they're a weird team but i still kind of feel like their ceiling is just too high for auburn like auburn's pretty limited i don't i don't even know who's playing quarterback for auburn these days but i'll go arkansas
0: i gotta figure out how i'm noting this okay uh since everybody a uh, producer came with arkansas uh, tristan is our guest picker this week he said arkansas i gotta go auburn you got home underdog it
1: second points yep um somehow what's his face still coaching there
0: yeah brian harson yeah he's out at the end of the year oh he's
1: gone but
0: yeah um he's, he's good as gone yeah that's what he wants at this point we've gone we've girl. gone over that yeah uh florida at number one georgia georgia 22 and a half point favorite at home yeah give me georgia georgia for everyone number 19 kentucky at number three tennessee tennessee 12 point favorite at home
1: yeah i don't think it's gonna be that
0: close you think tennessee runs away with it i think so tennessee's good tennessee georgia coming up soon Ooh, that's gonna be fun must see tv there for sure Georgia still like doing same type of thing they did last year holding opponents to less than 10 points per game. Tennessee scoring 50 points per game. Oh man. So that's like the best kind of matchup where the the teams are just totally opposite but they're both great in their own ways. Everybody picked Tennessee. Then we have number 15 Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Ole Miss a 2 point favorite on mm-hmm. the road. Texas A&M talk about a coach that's going to get fired, but actually not.
1: That's like one of the worst situations ever. A coach that's completely checked out. I love that for Texas A&M. Oh, I love it.
0: Did you see uh, Lane Kiffin was talking about, it was the defensive coordinator that went from Ole Miss to A&M, yeah. and Kiffin said- They got outbid. They got outbid for him, and that's, pretty, that's like-
1: Pretty uh, standard for that yeah. university or whatever he said, yeah. yeah. It's true. Texas AN they just
0: buy people.
1: That's what they do. Where yeah. are they coming up with the money?
0: I don't know. Oh, they they've got money. They got money. Uh there's a lot of money in agriculture. <laughs> I guess. So that's what they that's what they do. There's a lot
1: of money with those guys in those like white little suits that dance around and yeah
0: do what they do. Yeah, that's what you you get paid the big bucks to do that. Um with all that I being to, said, I to pick the game. I'm about to try to pick, figure out if I can pick Texas A and was ready
1: to like move on to the next like topic or whatever. Uh,
0: producer Cameron picked Texas A and M. Tristan picked Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, I gotta go Ole Miss. I can't. I don't trust A and M at all. They're in shambles.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go Ole Miss.
1: We're all picking against Producer Cameron. Yep. Oh, go
0: us. Yep. He's in the lead, so we can do it. Mm-hmm. All right. If he
1: gets it right, so help us God.
0: Yeah, <laughs> then we're done for. Um last game, it's Nebraska. They are hosting number 17 Illinois. Illinois, good. That sucks. Um
1: I hate that. Ryan Walters is gone, right? He's going to be he's going to be Colorado's head coach, right? <laughs> I was going to say that,
0: but is not that, if, it's uh, like too obvious almost. Not if Nebraska it, wants him bad. Oh man. They might. I like just attaching everybody to Nebraska. Yeah. Every potential coach. Um, Illinois favored by seven and a half points on the road at Nebraska. And I'm picking Nebraska. Ooh, I got to go Illinois. That's me by myself picking Nebraska. Come on. I need it. Brett uh,
1: Belima. Yeah. Belima. Mm -hmm. He's just really back on that big 10, huh? that's he just thrives he's just in the big 10 his big 10 culture
0: maybe he'll go to nebraska Ooh. isn't Nebraska? He's
1: gonna coach at like half the schools in the big 10 before that's it's what all i want to see yeah yeah he's just moving around all
0: right um that's probably it for this week i think so all right well special thank you to our patreon supporters at the 10 dollar level and above brit Treese, brian smith ryan demore tristan ben smith parker daddy jd Louis hernandez tim keens tyler harsell Brandon Groffalo Brandon Hanks thank you thank you guys you can find this podcast on Spotify
1: Apple Podcasts and Google podcasts we're on Twitter ato sports pod and you can email us at Missouri Pod at gmail.com
0: you do come I know you're gonna do
1: it I <laughs> knew it I was literally just laughing because I knew you're gonna make me say it and you can find our t-shirts and stickers at on our online shop on our online shop at Missouri sports pod at dot big cartel.com
0: dot big cartel.com. dot big it's in the description. Link in the description.
1: Link in the bio.
0: Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. After